Hello, Mensa. You're listening to Your Mom with Skulk, a podcast hosted by me, Skulk Note. Now, on this show, we're going to journey deep into the lives of really lucky people. Some of them are my friends. Some of them I wish were my friends. But I don't want to speak to these exceptional people, these celebrities directly. I mean, yeah, look, it means I think we are all so tired of listening to celebrities. Everyone and their mother, excuse the pun, has a podcast where they interview celebrities. So we're not going to speak to the celebrities directly, but rather about the celebrities through the people that know them better than anyone, which is, of course, their mothers. Hello, Mensa. It's Skulk Beside Note here, and welcome to Your Mom with Skulk. And I am sitting here, Mensa, in the house of Tani Gale. Uh, she is, of course, the mother of, when I say her surname, you're definitely going to know this is, it's Tani Gale Goliath, mother of comedian Jason Goliath. We are here in his house. And as you know, Jason is sitting here across from me, Mensa. This podcast is for a change, not about you. For change. For change. You are doing PR now anyway for your own show. So this is Tony Gale's time to shine. This is who I want to speak to. The queen. The queen. The queen of Goliath and Goliath. When I walked in here, Tony, you said you're very busy uh, because you work for Goliath and Goliath. Yes, I do. Yeah, look at Jason. So you're like a real entrepreneur. You started, you were in business before. Yes. I failed terribly. What, what, just remind me, what business was that? So I owned an insurance brokerage and uh, we went under in 2010 in spectacular fashion. Was it your fault? Uh, no, no. Uh, we did business with some bad people. There was a recession in 2008. What was my fault is I should have closed the business in 2008. But then, you know, when you have a, your first business, you treat it like a child. You try to revive it. You pay salaries with your credit card. Uh, and you make lots of debt that you're still paying off 10, 11, 12 years later. Um, but but yes, I started comedy in 2011 and that's when the happiness began. And Tony Gale stood by me through the whole thing. Because you, you proper like employed the whole family. I mean, your well, sister's your agent, your mom. What is her title so in Goliath and Goliath? My sister is the MD. Uh, of Goliath and Goliath, and and my mom is essentially Kate's assistant. Um, so you that you your you your daughter's PA. Yeah. So, but but it's not so much entrepreneurship as much as I'd li- I'd like to call us an NGO. We just we help. You know what I mean? We help. <laughs> Please don't sell yourself as a nonprofit. I know you are making profit. I don't know how much profit. Not but- as much as you, Skulk. That's how much. Oh my word! Please, please, please. Um, so, Tony Gale. Tell me what, like a bit about you, where did you start and you know, what's, what's your story? Ah, oh, where would you like me to start the thing, Skulk? Um, okay, so I'm 64 years old yeah. and that's why I'm asking where would you like me to start? And I just realized I mustn't nod my head when I'm speaking to you because you- we're doing a podcast. <laughs> Okay, so prior to Goliath and Goliath, and Jason and Kate will kill me 
for, for saying this, but I worked for Mnet for 25 years in public relations. Okay. And at the age of 55, I was made redundant from Mnet, and which I was very happy about. And uh, that was a welcomed relief uh, to get out of corporate. And then Jason said to me, Mom, take three months off. You've worked hard all your life. And after three months, can you come and join Goliath and Goliath? Because we would love to have your expertise. So I've traveled the world. I've worked with the likes of Princess Diana, Nelson Mandela, Ben Kingsley, Joan Collins, Britt Eklund, all the stars, Ashla Andres, etc. Who was nicer between Diana and Mandela? Uh, Diana. <laughs> First time ever that question has been asked. What's nicer between a hamburger and a hot dog? Come on, both those things are delicious. <laughs> Diana, yeah. you know, and, Mandela, and, and let, the, the, me, let me ask another okay. question because okay. um, you, you are safe now. Yeah. Do you think the queen did it, Diana? No. I think she did I it. Think she did. I, I think, think she did it. I think no. she did it. No, but the reason I said that between Diana and um, Nelson Mandela, that Diana was better because Nelson Mandela's presence, when I first met him, yes. made me burst into tears wow. in my Jenny Button designer outfit at the Santon Sun Hotel in 1994. How is Jenny Button relevant to the tears? We held, Jenny Button is a designer. It Jason's is relevant. Very green. It's you very need, relevant. You need to know what she looked like to a, get. To, a Jenny this Button. is a podcast, Jason. <laughs> she uh, is escaping a picture for the men's. No, but a Jenny Button outfit in 1994 was something that I literally had to lay by. You couldn't afford, you know, normal, and then it was normal working class person couldn't afford a Jenny Button outfit. So. Yeah, so, so he made me cry and I'd never forget my outfit was beige. And then I had this makeup running down my <laughs> outfit because, and, and, and he, he hadn't said a word yet. He had just walked into this room. Uh, uh, it was filled with 500 guests. In, I'll never forget in the Marula room at Sant and Sun. And we, obviously he was the guest of honor. So the spotlight was on him and trailing him as he was being escorted to his table. Mm. And firstly, I envisaged him to be a shorter man. And he was actually quite tall, but the, yeah. just that presence, you know, the room was silent and he entered and just strutted his stuff to his table. It was just absolutely amazing. Wow. And and for all these people, you were in, in public relations. Yes, yes. I was them. once named by Doug Gordon, who's an old um, journalist. Uh, he was very relevant at the time. I don't know if Doug is even still alive now, but he did an article with me in the on me in the uh, U magazine. And back then I was named the nanny of the stars. And so Jason and Kate, because of the position that I held at Mnet, and back then when we didn't have the uh, technology that we have now, um, we would go to uh, Sun City, for example, to do a Miss World mm. event and I would be there for two weeks. Um, and then on the weekend, Chris Becker, the founder of Mnet, yes. would fly the children in on a private jet, Jason and Kate. Jason and Kate. It wasn't a jet. Yes. It had a propeller. Well, we a nearly propeller, died. Yeah. It was a six-seater. But he I would just it. Kate he, hated he it. would just say, Yellow Mut here the jet. You must hire the jet or something. And then they would go <laughs> through with their nanny. And Jason, and then we would stay at the palace. Here jet, here jet, Linda. <laughs> is that how you say it? Here, 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 higher. 
Exactly. <laughs> so when we were at Sun City, yeah. Jason then, of course, loved all this opulence. Mm. Uh, and he was all of nine years old, ten years old. And then I said to them, look, we're staying at the palace. You are not allowed to touch one cool drink or any drink in this fridge. Because back then, one little can of Coke, like 200 mils, was like 50 rand or something. Yes, and yes. And so I said to him, no, you're not, you guys are not allowed to touch anything. And when I can tell you the tap water at the palace, delicious. <laughs> yeah. I believe it. But then he, he sees the butler wheeling in these long sweeping tablecloths, you know, round tables, re- wheeling these tables to the rooms with the silver dough. And so forth. And he said, Mommy, you have to order me something so that we can also have this table coming into the room <laughs> with, with the, the silver, silver dome and the, the butler and etc. So, anyway, the butler then brings this table. So, we order. So, I said, All right, order the toasted cheese because that was the cheapest thing on the menu. So, so he, we ordered the toasted cheese for him. And so the butler brings the table in with this long sweeping tablecloth and the silver dome and the white cloth over his arm, the suit, etc. And then he lifts the dome and presents this to Jason. And Jason looks at him and says, Ah, where's the chicken drumstick? <laughs> like they have in the movies. And you were so shocked because there was this tiny little toasted cheese sandwich cut in quarters on, you know, under this big dome. I don't blame you because that is actually a terrible experience when you when you go luxury one way and then mm. the other way. So uh, when I was opening for Trevor Noah, we from Joburg to Durban we went in a in a jet, mm. and then the plan was to go from Joburg flight to Durban and then back the same evening. Like even if we get home at two in the morning, of that's course. fine. So we yes. go down on this jet and it was my first time on a private jet. Mm. I even embarrassed myself there next to Lanseria where you, mm. where, you where the execute jet place mm. is. I asked them, I took out my laptop mm. and I said, where do I? <laughs> Where do I put my laptop to? Because I'm so used to like every time it's uh, like take out your laptop, take out your yes, laptop. It's yes. gonna your make laptop the, in your zambak. It's gonna make to the, come out. It's gonna make the plane fall if your laptop doesn't come out before. <laughs> I say, Where do I put my laptop? They're like, just put it back, please. You're embarrassing yourself. <laughs> there's snacks, there's champagne. Yes. We arrived. I was so surprised how quickly mm. we were in the air. Like when we it was like an Uber. Like when yeah, we got in the jet, you see. we got, got in the jet, it closes the door, the thing mm, was idling and there right. we go. Um, yeah. Then last minute, Trevor got a great opportunity to go do like a thing with, I think, Chelsea Handler in Cape Town where they were going to go to Cape Town, a charity yeah. thing. Then he said, so sorry, guys, but we're flying to Durban. And then after the show, I'm going to go from Durban to Cape Town with the jet. Mm. Then we had to sleep over and I had to fly back the next day on a Kalula. Oh, no. And then, you know, and, and the thing Basically, is, you must always low. end on the mm. on the jet. Yes. You must fly down. In the, you can't go backwards in Absolutely. life. And I, I just remember standing there mm. in that queue the next day, mm. now with my laptop yes. in my hand by the scanner. <laughs> 
And I'm looking around to these people thinking, if you even knew yes, how I, I got here. Yes. Yes. <laughs> the life that I've lived, the yes. things I've seen. You, you, would, yes. you would like have so much respect for me. Yeah. But now I'm standing here like yeah. all of you. Yeah. Oh, that's so horrible. <laughs> yeah. That is flying to Sun City on a yeah. jet, but then you get there and you're only allowed to order. Yeah, you drive back on the bus. <laughs> a a, a mm. toasted sandwich. Yeah. But okay, so then... Uh, now you, and this is the happiest you've been, it seems. I mean, working for Goliath and Goliath, doing the PR. I was very happy at Mnet. Mm. Um, Mnet was great. Um, it was, it gave one great, well, certainly gave me great security. Um, and being, you know, kind of single parent for a better part of my life, yeah. uh, that security was very necessary because I wanted my kids to be better than what I was growing up. Mm. And um, so, yeah, it, it was it was a great place to work for. Um, Mnet at, back then was the only company that was hiring non-whites in the position that I was in. Wow. Um, and we, we were not um, sort of allowed to work uh, in the front line uh, back then. So you started there in what year 1986. Then? 1986. Okay, you were so born in which year? Very much in apartheid. When were you born? 92. Oh, yeah. 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 Such a child. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Yeah. No, not actually anymore. I turned 30 the other day, Jason. Those I turned days, 42 last week. Those, days are, those days are over. Those child days are over. Now I look at, uh, I mean, I can't imagine how you must feel at 42, but at shows, talking about things, like I have this joke in my show where I can literally see kids in the audience, like I'm talking like a matric or 21-year-old. They confuse me because I have this joke that's about that the internet used to make a noise. Like yes. that, that dial-up sound. They're literally looking at me with like these blank stares. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I am now at an age where I can't do a joke about an experience I'm growing up without having to explain it for some people in the audience. Dude, I've been talking about being born, so I'm born in 1980. And I think the best part about 1980 is I was conscious through the analog to digital kind of switch and revolution. So I know Betamax, I know VHS, I know a pen and a TDK cassette. Uh, I know all of those things. Then now these lighties will make a TikTok and not even make their bed. I'm like, my mother would give me a hiding. If I let the world know I didn't make my bed at two o'clock in the afternoon, I would have gotten a hiding. You know what I mean? So you talk about the contrast of growing up. <laughs> the unmade, that's on. what you see in a TikTok, the unmade bed. That's what it frustrates me. I'm like, your sock is on the floor. You've got just another take. Do it again. Pick up the sock. Make the bed. Come on. Clean your lens. I'm so old, bro. Look, Jason also has a photographic memory. Jason can remember everything from when he was age three. Okay. Right. Um, he, That's before I started drinking rum and coke. Just uh, as a disclaimer, I, for, I forgot that that's just your drink. Jason. No, but 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 look, Jason didn't really drink when he was at school, or well, not mm. much anyway. Mm. But no, after- I played around. Then at six, then at seven, then we got caught. Yes, uh, and then I stopped, and then I only drank again when I was twenty-two. Yes. So even so, why not at eighteen, nineteen, twenty, twenty-one? Because my dad's an alcoholic. And then at that age, I was conscious that, hey, what if I like this thing as much as he likes this thing? And then I saw what this thing was doing to his life. Um, and then at 22, I felt like, okay, now I can trust myself. I'm not addicted to other things. And Kate influenced him. And Kate influenced <laughs> not, him to smoke. It's not a lie. Yeah. 
Yeah, Kate influenced him to smoke as well <laughs> and to to drink. And you still smoke? Uh, yes. And there's the there's the and he, and he kicks it old school, ladies and gentlemen. You can't see it, but there's a Peter Stuyvesant. Oh, uh, a, a rum and coke and a Peter, Peter Stuyvesant. Charlize Theron take notes. I am more South African yeah. than anybody. Yeah, like right a, now. and it's a menthol. Yo, I smoked a menthol now and then in school, you know, like they're in the bathroom. But yo, menthol, I couldn't do a menthol. No, now. menthol is like having a peppermint in your mouth while you're mm. having the cigarette. Yeah. It's Delicious. Amazing. It's, it's amazing. cheating. Yeah. So, so, so Jason was um, very uh, responsible, but at the same time very mischievous. Um, Jason also did things thinking that he would never get caught. Mm. Um, but I hardly got caught in my no, defense. You, no, you were very good. Um, I don't like, I've said in many interviews that Jason kept me close to God. When, especially in his high school years, because he would eat the girls' lunch. Tiger eats all my lunch, and I don't even get one bite. I would give him lunch, and then he would still eat the girls' lunch at school. And just a random girl, or just... well, whoever had he no, did. the ones who had nice lunch. Here no, we go. I was, I was just about to say. No, that that's quite a unique um, bullying angle. Yeah. You know, no, instead no, no, of like no, no, a lummy, no, it's bullying. like I'm going to eat your no lunch. Bullying. It was a compliment. If I chose your lunch, <laughs> that means your mother understood groceries. Your mother understood the pots. I didn't just eat anybody. I was quite a stuffy. I think the ones whose lunch I didn't eat may have felt bullied because I'd be like, oh no, please take this peanut butter away I'm imagining from me. it like, uh, you know, that Netflix documentary, Wild Wild Country with like that shaman guy with a beard. Like that cult. Like yes. if Jason walks out of the classroom, there's, to me. there's a line yes. of girls and they all got these like cuppies on. They're looking down. Jason walks by. They're standing holding holding the lunchbox open and they're whispering to each other, will he choose me today? I hope he chooses me. I hope, I hope Jason chooses me today. And some of them are laughing at the others. Oh, you know he doesn't eat mayonnaise. He's dumb, man. And then, and then he goes, mm, no, not mayonnaise. And she's like, I'm sorry, Jason, I didn't know. I forgot, I forgot. And I'll tell my mother oh, tomorrow not to put mayonnaise is, on the that bread. That is hilarious. So, so I had uh, to get in touch with the consultant that was referred to me for, for tax. And I ring up this young lady and I'd never met her, obviously. And then we chat and then chatting, chatting. And then she says, no, but I know you want to go. I was at school with Jason. Jason used to eat my lunch. I said, oh, God, my child. And and I mean, I've had many of those where, <laughs> you know, people meet me. And then I used to say, but I, I, you do know that I used to make him lunch. Yeah, but we have two breaks. And then used to get one scarf tin. So I used to clap my scarf tin first break. And then second break, I wine and dine in the streets. You know what I mean? Well... I, I, in Jason's defense, I just want to say that there could be worse things that, like girls coming up saying like, yeah, oh, I've got a three-year-old at home and Jason <laughs> disappeared. At least he only like I ate a, a sandwich. I've got a fat three-year-old that we need to talk about. So, so <laughs> tell me, uh, you know, Obviously, comedians get asked often, like, when did you start or when did you know you were funny or whatever? But I always like hearing it from the mom's perspective. So was Jason particularly funny um, at home, at school? Was there ever a moment 
that you that you thought, oh, wow, like when you went into business, like maybe this is the wrong thing or did it just all sort of come together when you started stand-up early 2011? Jason was always funny and, as I said earlier, in, in his own way. He was very innovative in his own way, very experimental in his own way. So one evening his dad and I were lying in bed reading, quiet, Kids are supposed to be asleep. We've done the bedtime stories. He was in Standard 5. And and, and the bedtime stories for my sister uh, was in Standard 2. I, in Standard 5, did not need no, a bedtime he, story. Thank you. But but he would sit there and tease his sister. You were busy yeah. doing donuts in the, in the <laughs> yes, parking lot. No, so so he's in bed and we think... Or stealing nothing. donuts. At- <laughs> <laughs> we think he's sleeping Points. and we hear this loud crash. And we rush to his bedroom... And he had a reading lamp which was over his bed and he was taking saliva and putting it on the bulb. And this bulb smashed into a million pieces. I'm not For exaggerating. What? what was the game? An experiment. I, I don't get what the game lead. was. So the game was let's see what would happen. That was always the game. <laughs> uh, just like that's why eventually matches were hidden in the house because I liked I liked matches are still hidden to up see, until today. To see what would happen. And I just the hot light bulb with a bunch of saliva it used to, you know, bubble and boil. And then that I put a little bit too much and I just heard it go sweet. And it's like I knew. I just put my head under the under the blankets. And it exploded, unbelievable. You're lucky you're not like blinded or something, eh? No, for I real. Mean, like that, for real. That for real. Glass. But 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 as my mom said, I was always smart, so, so I anticipated the explosion. He was he was ready with the duvet. He says, yeah. you know, to put his head underneath, protect a shield. And so, of course, needless to say, there we were now cleaning up this glass, and Jason was like, "Oh, I didn't expect it to explode." You know, very calm, very gentle, yeah. very yeah. Um, so tell me then, when 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 the stand up comedy happened, then <clears throat> what was your what was your first thought? I mean, it's like failed business. What what did you say? Insurance? Yeah, I was yeah. thirty when I started comedy. So I've always supported um, the children, um, Kate and Jason, with regards to their careers. They had career guidance. When you leave school, seventeen, eighteen. You're a very different person to when you're 20, to when you're 22, to when you're 26. So study something that you can embark on and grow on yeah. as as you grow. Uh, and so I advised both of them to study marketing international degrees. Kate, however, did journalism, wanted to do journalism. And I said to her, don't do journalism. You know, don't focus on that because... Um, my mom said, don't do journalism because journalists are broke. Yeah, and I said, journalists drive funny cars. That's they right. I don't actually food. know like a stinking rich journalist. Yeah, now no, that I think no they, they, they drive bad cars, all these VWs, and they eat bad food and they dress poorly. So, and, and, and I, I, I said, journalists. you know, so, so I said to her, I said, I, I can't been, wait for the journalists to hear that. No, but, but I had been exposed from my time at Emily yeah, to yeah, journalists, journalists and they would come to, to, to events and hoover the food and the alcohol, you know, because I mean, then everything is free. And, and you're like. Sorry, that's actually for Mandela. You know, <laughs> yes. Like, ar, 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 ar. yes. No, that, that, that's actually Princess Di's uh, samosa. <laughs> you can put that down. Uh, Minsa, I just had to pull someone here quickly. It's a different day. We're in a studio. One of our producers, Rasmus. Uh, Rasmus, where are you actually from? Because you have an accent. Yeah. We all have an accent, but you have a strong accent. <laughs> 
I also have a strong accent, but you know what I mean. A foreign strong accent. I wasn't going to mention anything, Skog, but you also have an accent. <laughs> I'm from Denmark. Okay. So, you are a journalist. Yeah. And um, let's start with the insults. They drive bad cars, all these VWs, and they eat bad food, and they dress poorly. And they would come to, to, to events and hoover the food. So, it means I can already... Um, a test for the fashion. It's it's not bad. Rasmus, he's wearing like a nice shirt. Salmon. Is that salmon? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I eh? think it might have been red once, but I think it's faded <laughs> to salmon now. Oh, that's very Denmark. And then um, jean shorts and, okay, fine, Velcro sandals, but means I think that's a culture, culture thing. Um, he doesn't have the socks with it as well, at least. So, please give me your Rasmus, your lowdown of Jason's mom's valuation of journalists. Fashion? Agree? Uh, disagree? No, I, I agree. I agree. I think I'm on the spectrum a little bit on the better better dressed side and I still have holes in my pants. So, yeah, yeah so, so definitely poorly dressed. I would say in general, that's true. Okay. And then the um, food? Also true. Uh, if you get if you get a chance, I mean, the thing about journalists that she's also right about is that we don't get paid that much, right? So you know, we're trying we're trying to make up for it wherever we can. And and yeah. a buffet is one of those places where you can save a dinner, and if you do that enough, you know. Yeah. So and then the VW. What do you drive? No, I drive a Volvo. Okay. Yeah. That's yeah. nice. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the thing about it. You know, journalists aren't the same everywhere. And, and I guess before we are journalists or comedian, we also like have another identity. And I'm Danish. And the yeah. thing about Danish people is we don't like the Swedes. Yes. They are, you know, our older brother. Um, we don't like them. Why don't you like the Swedes? Well, because they are almost like us, but a little bit bigger. A, a bit better or not? <laughs> <laughs> But you like their cars? <laughs> their cars. You've got to hand it to them with the cars. So there you have it, Mensa. Journalist may hoover all the snacks at your party and may be, look, probably will be poorly dressed, but they won't necessarily arrive in a VW. Anyway, so, of course, Jason had, you know, all the other jobs uh, prior to starting comedy. And like he said in the beginning of the conversation that his businesses had failed. And then, of course, he's told the story many a time where to uh, uh, Gezi spotted him on set and said, look, why don't you try comedy? I think you're amazing. Uh, I don't know the story. What is the... So, yeah, so, I mean, the, the, the story is I, I got the big uh, Casa Lager campaign. So that was like the first big campaign after everything went south. And it was the first... And that, and like, that was uh, just out of that... So I, I if you decided, weren't a comedian, how did they find you? So for, I decided, so I always liked entertainment, but yes. I, I learned from my observations of, of my mom in PR that being rich and famous in South Africa is a very rare thing. You can be rich or famous, like decide. And it's short-lived. No, the pie is very small. Designer outfits, yeah. leaving in, in a leaky VW Beetle. You know what I mean? It was, it was rough. Okay. So then I spent my 20s chasing bucks. Then my business goes under and I'm like, okay, look, I still got this, this, this uh, uh, need to 
to explore entertainment. So I'd always sung in the choir, did the school plays, yes. and and through my twenties, my microphone kind of need was 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 fed by Macro, the in store in store announcer. So now my business goes under. I've got a choice to go back. In, <laughs> I knew in, that Nick, your your cousin, for those who yes. don't know, is also part of Goliath and Goliath. I knew he did it, but I didn't know but that I you him. also. I tried. I was the greatest ever, bro. I was. I did it for thirteen years. I, I started as a student. Say, Jason did it and for did it every years. single yeah. weekend, literally yeah. for thirteen years, like. Literally. And what are the hours of a macro in-store announcer? So I was a specialist. Okay. I wasn't what the guy that said. In? So I was trained in a, in a patented selling technique that allowed us to sell high volume product uh, at a high value product in high volumes, where traditionally the retail model would be high volumes would be reserved for, for low. And bruh, I earned so much money at macro because I would turn over 2 million rand a weekend. So I was in there for eight hours a weekend. <laughs> And my, my targets were what? were ridiculous. So I, I was the guy that would sell a thousand air fryers uh, on a Saturday. Why, why did you leave? Well, why I did left. you go to comedy? So so I left because it was not glamorous. There was nothing <laughs> so easy about no, working and, in a macro. And no one's spotting you at the airport going, aren't you the macro? You'd be surprised, bro. Yeah, no, you sold me a TV that only worked for six days. I'd get that at the airport. Yeah, that's but only no, angry no customers stop, though. No yeah. stopping you for a, for, a, for, a selfie. for a selfie. But then I thought, okay, look, let me let me do something and let me try this entertainment be, thing. I don't be, have Before kids. you carry on, sorry, I have to stop you. Can, yeah. you. can you just give me a taster? I don't want to put you on the spot. You don't have to, but... Okay. Of macro. Macro. Can I give you the product? Any product. Uh, Anything you can think of. Okay. Um, kitchen or any, anything. Anything. Doesn't okay. A, a, a smeg toaster. A smeg toaster. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Macro Crown Minds. Coming up in the next five minutes, <laughs> I've got a deal that is going to blow your mind. I know your toaster frustrates you. It trips the lights. It never gets to the browning level that you enjoy. You want TV toast. What do you have? burnt toast. But I also know you're tired of no-name brand appliances. You've seen appliances that would make your mother-in-law proud and you think you can't afford them. Today I'm giving you the best <laughs> brand in the world, Smeg. The brand you see on TV, the brand you see in the homes of the rich and famous. Today we turn your home into that home. We're not doing a two-slice toaster, we're doing a four-slice toaster because who makes only two slices? I'll tell you, lonely broke people. I know you think you can't afford a Smeg toaster, but I'm about to blow your mind. The con, I only have 10. And in the next five minutes, 10 lucky customers will have their lives changed with not a phenomenal toaster, a smeg toaster, something that you'd post on Facebook. The recommended retail selling something price is 2,999 Rand. If you bought it at another macro store, you could expect to spend 2,000 Rand, but you came to me, the deal man, and I'm about to do the deal of your dreams. 10 customers only. Four slice smeg toaster. Change your kitchen. Change your look. Your success starts today. Instead of spending 3,000 Rand, it's yours. First come, first serve. 999 Rand. Go. <laughs> and I would sell 10 toasters just like that. Admit it, that is amazing. Come on. <laughs> the type of toaster that you put on Facebook. Come on. Dude, if I wasn't holding a mic. Thank you. I'm clapping I'll take on a my thigh leg. Clap. I will take a thigh clap for that. Dude, that was amazing. And you know what? I wanted to say to you now when I was hearing that, that explains so much about your comedy because you your crowd work has always been great. 
because at, at gigs often you would host yes. and your your crowd work is amazing and you can uh you you're one of the 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 guys in South Africa that is the best at it and now it makes sense because you had to think on your feet so quickly and now yeah so, so a, I had to think on my feet but I also had to deal with different types of human beings every single day so the gift of macro so you also went onto the floor then to I sell was, it no I was I was on the floor on oh, a cordless say, mic on so a, I was on, a on, mic. The, on the floor you weren't on a, in the on a cordless okay. mic I wasn't oh you thought I sat in the office with yes, that I with thought that you were airport in microphone that, like, boom boom Yes. No, no, this is rock and roll, bro. This is serious stuff. I had to wear a suit. Um, I went on training uh, and then I did training for it. I, f- I did facilitation. I trained hundreds of salespeople in my, in my days. I did, yeah. I did lots of sales training in my, in my twenties. Um, but I'm always like, you know, a believer that everything is helping me. And all my years at Macro prepared me to be able to entertain any human. You work in a mine, I can entertain you. You are a lawyer and you work on the top floor in a building in Santon, I can entertain you because you get to meet every different type of human being. So you also get to figure out that everybody's exactly the same when it comes down to it. But people just like a little bit of different etiquette now and then, you know yeah. what I mean? Tact has got to change a little bit. He's also, it also taught him how to put out fights and stop fighting. 100% and create fights. Because when he was doing these announcements, well, then 20 people specials, come for the 10 toasters. So I get 30 people for to, 10 toasters yeah. and then, then they want to hit each other for a toaster. Well, women would pull, pull, pull each other's hair out. <laughs> Many times, bro. Many it, times. It was, it was crazy. He would sometimes come home and his buttons are off his shirt and I'll say, what happened? <laughs> and then he would say, no, I had to stop a fight, mom. These two guys were, were going for each other. And this is how his wife sent him to buy rice. Yes. <laughs> now I've convinced him to buy a TV. Now he's mooring somebody else for a TV. <laughs> now you must explain to his wife I got Kamur trying to buy a telefunken you know what I mean and she's like no but I sent you for for testing and not only and not only did he get moved for it but he he actually got the telefunken and he spent the 10,000 rand that they were supposed to use on their holiday and forgot the rice that's what the the best part forgot the rice this is the best story that someone has told on the podcast so far so (coughs) far so so now that's amazing and because Jason being Jason for 13 years we had to change because then Sunday lunch Lunch, one o'clock was, it was church in the morning yeah. and then lunch at one o'clock, right? Table set in the main dining room at home, et cetera, when we were still in the family home, right? And when Jason started at Macro, he said, mom, we can't. That's rush hour. We can't. No, but yeah, we can't have Sunday. He lunch finished, at three. He, he finished at two. So we had to have lunch at three because the store closed at four, right? Uh, Sundays, the store used to close at two. The, yes, the store closed at two. That's right. Yeah, four so, on a Saturday. So... He would phone and say, I'm leaving Macro now. And by, by 2 o'clock, the table is set. And I'm leaving Macro now? Yes. Yep. The table is set. And at quarter past two, that electric gate would open. And then the casserole dishes must come out onto the table. Jason goes through to the bathroom, washes his hands, and comes and sits upright at the table. <laughs> like he changed that. My life changed for 13 years. That's where that Sun City opulence now played a role. You see, he came in like he's in the palace. No, Those casseroles must no, come out. There was no meal that was you, not at the table. You think that's the opulence. The opulence is because I worked every weekend in my in my 20s. And, you know, oh, my, so mom and I, my mom and I have an unbelievable relationship. And it's a relationship of that, that kind of, I think it can be summed up by saying, I, I always say, to her, do, don't ask me questions that you don't want the answer to, because I'll be honest with you about every single thing I'm doing, when I'm doing it, who I'm doing it with, where I am. So be careful what you ask me, and then that will enable me to tell you to tell you everything. Okay. Then it got to a point where 
and I still wanted to groove. I still wanted to party with the Owens. So I'd be out every Friday night, every Saturday night, I'd be out. But I'd get home. No, listen, says, I'd get home at six in the morning. Yes. Uh, uh, still drunk sometimes. Yeah. Then have a small sleep. I have to be at work at, at, at yeah. 10, nine o'clock. Instead of fluking me, my mom comes in with a breakfast of a fry up of, of champions. It's a hangover breakfast. Just to, just to come in with the cure, baby, the coffee, yeah. help Trump's me get out, out, help me get out the house. So yeah. instead of fighting with me, the only time she'd fight with me is if I didn't go to work. Yes. And that's why I never ever missed work so it, it would be fine come on whatever time you want as long as you're doing what you've what you've got to what you've got to do yeah. then she'd have my back no long faces yeah. no fighting yeah. so then i'd have the big breakfast in the morning like a champion get his to macro late quarter past 10 ready, his tie etc yeah. and, In, and infrastructure then support systems I, my friend. I also had to take care of his shoes because he did so much walking and spinning while he was at macro <laughs> on his feet not no, but, no, no, but, but literally, spins. no, no, but spinning on his feet <laughs> that the soles of his shoes would wear out so often that I would then have to have them repaired. But this this relationship has always been two-way. So as much as, as my mom was, was ever willing to do for me, she always had the assurance that I would do the same and more for her. And it, it was... It but that's was, what I said earlier. You know, the respect, it was just so, so, so amazing. When Jason was a youth leader... And if they partied and maybe they had to do something and Kate was a Sunday school teacher, Sunday mornings I used to say to them, guys, just eat something before we go to church because you're all reeking of alcohol. Man. You can't go and indulge in the Holy Spirit while smelling of the other spirits. Of the spirits. other spirits. You know what I mean? The spirits. So, so I mean, I, I don't have anything um, sort of dirty laundry, you know, to mm. say about Jason because when there was Well, you wouldn't because you're in PR. No, and apart from which, <laughs> apart from which, no, apart from which, when there was dirty laundry, he owned his dirty laundry. <clears throat> yeah. you know, he took responsibility for it um, and he'd, he'd manage it. Alton Yankees. Uh, no, opposite. <laughs> Literally the opposite. He has Literally. now, he has now but, after but a long the time. But the most respectful person, I mean, when it comes to women, Jason treats every woman with the greatest respect. Mm. You know, whether you're a mama that has just done a big shop at Checkers, he would stop and go and help you carrying your parcels, um, you know, et cetera. I mean, I, I don't have anything that I can fault Jason on, sadly. And as he said, you know, we just had such a fantastic relationship. And he was always so mindful about my well-being. And now he is so grateful to me for having his back, for lack of a better word, yeah. that <clears throat> today at 64 years old, I lack for nothing. I just have to say um, the, the thing for me that I love about this podcast is this is now maybe episode seven or eight. And every single mom has been so different, but exactly the same in the sense that they've all been such mothers, you know, they are yeah. there, they, in every single instance, they are their son or their daughter's biggest fan. I can tell you are Jason's biggest fan. And they were just like move mountain. It's so sweet. And I've been actually trying to go out of my way. I realized early in the interview, I'm not going to get it right this time again, but mm. I've been trying to go out of my way to try and get the mom just to say like one bad thing. Just You're something. Actually an just, oh, I can tell you a bad just, thing. Just something like, I didn't like that show you did. I thought it was cock. Out of everything Jason has done, 
shows and TV campaigns and roles that he's played. I know that you love all of it. Is there one, just one that you go, no, I didn't like that? Skunk, you know, it's so difficult. You've got me off guard now. There isn't really. Have I ever phoned you to say that there was anything that I... Not even once. Not one joke where you brought one of your friends from church and you go, did you have to do the joke about the girls? Those friends didn't like the joke. They would not be friends anymore. That's how much my mom loves me, bruh. It's as simple as that. The gynecologist joke, Jason, did you have to do that that, tonight? That joke is hilarious. So even friends that were a bit (laughs) prude, even prudes laugh at that joke. (laughs) Yes, they do. No, Skunk, to answer your question there isn't hey i can't that's what i thought no that's what i thought i was taking a chance So there, was, there, was, there wasn't a joke, but I once got into trouble because it was, it was uh, they had a surprise birthday party for me and I got up a little bit drunk in Greenside there and the whole family was there and friends. And then one of my mates left and he was parked right in front of the, the restaurant. So I went to fetch my car to come into that parking. And then I decided to have a little bit of a donut there. You know what I mean? Oh, and yes. then all of the smoke from the yes. tires blew into the restaurant. The restaurant. Yeah. And my mom yeah. was yeah. mortified. Yeah. Yeah. I got, mortified. I, I left my guests at the table and I went, I, I just had to go and meet with him outside. Mo- no, I listen, I had lectures. I was called to a meeting <laughs> the next day. Skulk, I was called to a meeting the next day and I remember her going on about how dangerous, how embarrassing. And then I said to her, And it's common, man. It's no, common. No, very common. Yeah. And, and ooh, Gail doesn't like common. Uh-uh, no, I so, can see. No, so then, so then uh, I said I wish, to her, I wish the listeners could see the way Tani Gail is sitting on this couch. It's, it's Diana herself exactly. over here. Exactly. The reincarnation. A regal somebody. A regal somebody. And I remember saying to her after she scolded me, um, and I remember saying to her, listen, I appreciate that you're a bit upset. But it was a fucking wheel spin. All of my cousins had children out of wedlock. All of them were either drugs and uselesses. I'm like, the only thing you have in my whole life to be upset with me about is this wheel spin. Yeah. Relax. And yeah. and literally after that, she thought about it for a second and went, yeah, listen, it was a bit embarrassing. I'm sorry for overreacting. I know it was your birthday. Yeah, but still, but in your that defense, been like the only thing. In your defense, girl, a child out of wedlock doesn't cause a bunch of smoke to blow into the restaurant. No. No. So I'm with you on that one. <laughs> no. Also says Kalkus never made a wheel spin in his life. Only by accident. <laughs> and then and then like I like just release the clutch a bit fast and then <laughs> and then I drive away going, oh, that was quite cool. <laughs> I'll try to do it on purpose next time. And now you go, obviously Jason's doing a new show. Jason, I'm so sorry this podcast only comes out when your Joburg run is finished. I know, but it it, it, uh, will promote the Cape Town run, which will start end of Feb, Mm. 2023. Perfect. End of Feb, 2023, there you have it. Dala What You Must is the show. It's what it's it's called, but also Dala What You Must. But to answer your question about going to shows. Yes. um, I'm Jason's biggest supporter. I don't go to every show. Um, I do, like now, for example, I went to the opening of Dollar Watch You Must, yes. which was absolutely amazing. And I'm notes? going again tonight. Do I do it? No. Do you give notes? Give notes. Yeah. Do you tell him like... You I mean after know. the show, crit? Yes. Crit the show? Yeah. Yeah. But but there's there's nothing much to good crit. Or bad. No, yes. doesn't crit the content, doesn't crit the way we do it. No. I do it. Mm. I liked it or I didn't like it and I've never got it. I didn't like it. I, I think I think having the background, you know, of being in entertainment all those years mm. working for Mnet um has certainly broadened my mind 
um, yes. to to this form of entertainment. And again, you know, a lot of my friends my age and up, uh, etc., wouldn't embrace something like that for their children because, I mean, if you want to be a comedian, hello, you know. Yeah, and especially um, the, the, the swearing, not that Jason really swears that much, but that is a bit of a, it was a tough pill to swallow for my mom. And I think only but, once she saw, once she started coming to more shows and saw people enjoying it, yeah. That was the thing that went, wow, people are people are really enjoying mm. this thing he does. And mm. then that makes her proud because it was like, wow, he's bringing joy, he's bringing mm. laughter mm. and whatever. Um, mm. so Skulk, for me, on the <clears throat> swearing, if Jason spoke like that in general, mm. I would have a problem with it. What we have to understand with, with comedy is, and I think Mel Miller put it very nicely many, many years ago. He said, look, it's a comedy show. It's an open audience. It's an adult audience. They will be swearing. And just understand that. Take it from whence it comes. But if you really don't like it, then leave. Because mm. this is a stage performance, you see. Yeah. So when he's on stage and he throws, you know, the odd F-bomb, etc., it's acceptable to me because he doesn't speak to his wife like that. He doesn't speak to me like that. He doesn't speak to anybody like that. Once he's out and off that stage, then it's a, you know, it's a completely different. It's almost like being in a different space. So mm. when he's on that stage space, his language is different to when he's yeah. in a normal space. But the nice thing is it's still him in the sense that you're not watching a character. It is Jason. 100%. Is, yes. Yeah. And, yes. And the swearing yes. is, is, is I always hope. And even every time I'm nervous, I notice it pop up. I swear a little bit more, and you know, swearing mm. can be yeah, a crutch, no, the same, the a same. crutch as a as a mm. comedian. But generally, I I I'm like swear words for me are the aromat of mm. language. Yes. You know what I mean? A, a, a swearing. It's a form of expression. Hundred percent. And, makes and the, also makes for the me, spice nice. what what is in, what, what's important? And having watched comedy for many many years, even before Jason, you know, from yeah. Jeremy Mansfield days, bless his heart, uh, soul, but. Um, for me, if the swearing is in context, yeah. then it's acceptable. But when guys are on stage and they're just having a fork and a fork and a fork and you know, etc., yeah. then for me that when there's no context, then no, I'm sorry. I do want to say I love swearing though. And and, yeah, and I don't yeah. think I don't think I'll ever stop swearing. I'm trying to swear less on stage, not because I don't want swearing in my comedy, but because I want to be able to use my comedy on social media. Yeah. And and so uh, a lot of the stuff I can't post because the language is 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 you know too strong to be kind of postable because there's these kids on on social media. Mm. So so even then like I'm I'm I I'm I'm an advocate for swearing. I'm an advocate for expression. I don't believe in swearing at anybody and I don't believe in being rude or or degrading anybody's mm. position, but I just think that swearing makes language so colorful because I love language. I love talking. I love being able to describe something and I think sometimes a swear word is more apt than any other word uh, because it not only conveys a meaning, but it also conveys emotion very often. Mm. So I love swearing. Fuck mm. it. Yeah, I mean, it is. Yeah, no, you're right. Mm. Um, so, Dalla what you must. You say it's a good show. People should go. Absolutely excellent. It's a form of motivational comedy and the, the striking part for me look I did take away a number of uh, nuggets from the show even although I've been watching Jason's comedy for years and years but for me the the show I'd never ever in my life been to a show where the comedian took me from a laugh a hearty belly laugh mm. to complete silence 
And then almost tears, I'm sure. In seconds. And then after that silence, the tears, the tears were just like here, just ready to jump out. That's the best comedy. Right. And then after that tear, before the tear could jump out, then back to laughter. Yeah. You know, and like, it was so exhilarating. It was so motivating. It was, it's, it's just not to be missed. I've got uh, Can you cut that goosebumps. the promo for me, please? Yeah. Can you give me that before? Like, now when you go home now, can you just send me that little bit so I can use that as a promo? Thank you, Scott. Um, because the thing is, actually, that's something that John Flissmas once told me to just before I started doing one-man shows. And he said, you can't put a one-man show together and just put all all your closing jokes, the, the ones that hit the hardest, boom, boom, boom. Like, just, it can't be like a compilation. Because he said, audience cannot physically laugh at full capacity it is a roller coaster yeah. you have to take them up and take them down you have to take them on a journey like any story or movie or whatever even if there's no theme to the show if even if, if the show's not like this show is about one day i went here and then the girl came along even if it's just about random topics there still needs to be some sort of a journey up and down up and down uh, okay so look. by this time this podcast by the time you are hearing this it will be 2023 already and then if you are in cape town definitely end of february where is the show um, it's at the old, was it the Fugard that's renamed now? What's, yes. it, what's it called? That that theatre. Yeah, the Homecoming Theatre, isn't yes, it? Yes, I think so. It's there in the centre of town. It could not be more central. Go to Diaz Tavern f- before the show as it for the Trinchado, best Trinchado nice, in Cape nice. Town. And then you just walk across the road to the theatre. Thank you so much, Sunny Gale. Um, oh, we're already speaking too much about Jason now again. But uh, thank you so much. And yo, this was so lucky. It's an absolute pleasure, Skulk. Thank Skulk, you. my mother's a fan of yours. She likes three comedians only. The, oh, um, I'm so glad you bring this up. Yes. Who is your favorite comedian? Don't is mention it, who well, it used to be. Apart, Just mention who it is now. There's no apart, need to because if you're already from, insulted. Apart from journalists. Jason. Apart from Jason. My mom doesn't even say apart from Skulk. <laughs> she just says, my favorite comedian is. No, no, Can apart I give from you? Jason, Kitty Borne. Kitty Borne, that's oh. your guy. Oh. That, but I love it. And I think it should be like this. It's like, I don't want. If Kitty Borne is performing, sorry, Skulk, I'm there. I don't want like my fiance Mika, who by the time this comes out will be my wife. Hey. I don't, I don't want her to be my biggest fan. It's like, it's a bit like weird for me, you know, like she, she needs to like my comedy, obviously, but I think it's so sweet when a mom has another favorite comedian because it's so predictable that your son would be your favorite comedian. My mom's favorite is the way yours, Katie Borne, my mom, Mpo Pops mm. and Dylan Oliphant. And then after Katie Borne, is Indomisi Lindy. Yes. Oh. Love him. Yeah. No, you like my mom as well. She will, if I'm on a lineup show, like a Kings and Queens of Comedy, yeah. one of those big lineup shows, yeah. she'll look who's on the lineup and then she comes. Yeah. And then I think she's coming to support me. But meanwhile, <laughs> she's coming to watch Pops and Dylan. <laughs> yeah. But let's yeah. be honest, Pops and Dylan yeah. are, are all of our favorites. I'm just proud of my mom for saying Kiribone because that's how you know she's watched a lot of comedy because Kiribone is like comedy's best kept secret in the country. Not everybody knows Kiribone. Yes. Um, but the, that no, just means she Kiri. knows comedy. But but going back to Jason, <laughs> the the one thing that, that I'm still in awe of, and I think it will stay with him, um, 
as you know, when he's as old as Barry Hilton and, and maybe older, is his stage presence. Yeah. I get goosebumps every time. Mm. Every time Jason walks on that stage or runs onto the stage or dances onto the stage, I get goosebumps because he, he just has such an aura. Um, you know, Jason is nice. When when I speak to Jason over the phone, and I'm going to get emotional, um, or when Jason comes to my home, when he leaves, there's a niceness. You know, I know my home is a good aura, but when Jason has been, there's a niceness. Jason can fix everything. If you come to Jason with a problem, even if it's just with words and kindness, that's Jason. When I put the phone down from after a conversation with Jason, I give thanks because he's just, he brings joy, he brings happiness and he just wants happiness for everybody regardless of what colour, creed or race you are. And it's a genuineness, it's a genuineness. I got it from my mama. Mensa, I got I, it from my mama. I need to end the podcast on that note. Jason, that's the best PR you've ever received. Thank you, Danny Gale. Thank you. Wow. Mensa, there you have it. Sometimes we get emotional on this show. Sometimes, you know, mothers can do that to us, you know. But Mensa, that's it for today. And I hope you enjoyed our conversation with Tani Gale and Jason. And I'll catch you next week for another chat with another Tani. Your Mom with Skulk is a telltale media production and hosted by me, Skulk Poseidno. Now, Mensa, I've said it before and I'll say it again. Please, please subscribe to the show and leave us a review. This helps us with our ratings, which in turn helps us attract sponsors, which in turn helps us bring you this show for free. In the words of Jerry Maguire, help me help you. If you're listening on Spotify or Apple, hit the follow button, give us some stars. Oh, Mensa, we love stars. I can't even tell you how much we love stars. Five of them in a row, preferably. <laughs> Lastly, leave us a review or send us an email. We'd love to hear from you. Check us out at telltale.media forward slash skulk. Tata for now. I like the first one more where I messed it up. In the words of Jerry Maguire, help me, help me, help you. Fuck, I fucked that up. <laughs>